Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, uh, if you, uh, hopefully when you came in in your handout, would you pull out the thing calling a corporate fast? We've been praying for, I guess, uh, I think it's over three weeks that Neil Blake was in the hospital. He's still there. He's in ICU as of yesterday, uh, really needing prayer. Talked, uh, inter- interface, interfaced with his son, Wes. And, and um, Bill Trogdon is also in the hospital. And so battling some of the stuff from COVID. We've got a number of family, extended family that have been battling through, getting on the other side of this, praying for Mama Addie. I understand she's doing better. Um, Christine Downer's family, my brother, my brother-in-law, it's like, wow, this is like, well, many of you may know that uh, my wife, myself, and Katie, I have never been this sick in my life, um, this COVID thing, so praise God, I've got anybody's, oh, hallelujah, and so, but there's a point where you get to that I just believe, when I was praying the other day, I said, Lord, we've been praying. We've got hundreds upon hundreds of people praying and interceding, and this thing has not moved. The mountain has not moved yet for seeing restoration and healing. So I was just praying before him. I said, Lord, so I contacted people in Israel. I contacted people from different ministries, had them praying. And I said, Lord, what's up with this? And he reminded me of a scripture that I have in your handout here during the corporate fast. In... Um, Matthew 17, 21, and also it's indicated in Mark 9, where Jesus cast the demon out of the little boy, and the disciples had not been able to do that deliverance, and Jesus got a little frustrated with them, right? He says, you faithless and perverse generation, bring the boy to me. And at later, when, they, when the boy's been delivered, they're back at the, the ranch, and they ask Jesus, so how come we couldn't do this? <laughs> It'd be nice to know, you told us to do this, and we didn't, he goes, ah, this kind goes out by prayer and fasting, some of the translations say, some of the manuscripts, some say prayer. So there are levels of darkness. We know that from Ephesians chapter six. We wrestle not, right, against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. So there's a level of this dark. This demonic COVID, it is demonic, right? It's trying to steal the breath. And if you've ever been in that place where you're not sure you're gonna get your next breath, I'm telling you what, when you can breathe, it's amazing, (laughs) that gift of life. And so... I just want us to join starting tomorrow, if you're able. You ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I can fast? I know some of you can't physically for different reasons, but you can fast something. You can fast media. Some fast their time. I think mom sometimes spends like an hour in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I could join in and fast? There's something about what Joel told us in Joel's scriptures, call a corporate fast. And so January 3rd, tomorrow, starting at noon, so have a breakfast, starting at noon, whatever the Lord tells and we're gonna go until Sunday, seven days, till noon next Sunday. This is a corporate fast. We're gonna ask the Lord to break this virus that's sweeping the world. But there are other sicknesses and torments and depressions and broke, whatever. We're gonna stand in the gap and see God move these things. We will cover our loved ones in the word. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 21, Mark 9, this kind goes out by prayer and fasting. The, po- the prophet Joel in 1.14 said, announce a time of fasting. Spread the word to your prayer circles. The word of God will not return void. He tells us in Isaiah 55, 11. Psalm 91, I would encourage you to speak that psalm over your life, but I'd also ask if you would turn, pull out the letter. I sent a letter, I hope you also got that. 
It was in the handouts this morning. Global River Family Letter for 2022. The Lord, I asked the Lord, I said, is there a particular scripture or particular focus you have for our family this year? And I loved how Karen opened the service when she talked about being relentless. Uh, Perseverance, when I hear the word perseverance, I think of relentless, not giving up. So I don't know if you knew anything about this, but it was just confirmation. And then at our uh, New Year's Eve service, again, confirmation again. So when you look at this, what I'm encouraging us to do for this year, trust and persevere. Trust God like no other. Pastor Willie's message last week, right? I don't know what you're trusting in. Some trust in horses and chariots. We will trust in the name of the Lord. Trust and persevere. Don't give up. I love this scripture. He gave this to me. He said in Luke 18, 1 there, it's listed in that second block. Jesus said, we ought to always pray and not faint. Pray and never give up. Jesus prayed the, praised the church in Philadelphia in Revelation 3, 7 through 13 and for the perseverance against demonic darkness and persecution. Jesus promised an open door and protection from a great time of testing that's coming. Psalm 33, this one has come probably three or four different ways in the last week. I've just put the last part of this, 18 to 20, it says, the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death, and he keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. Amen? I would encourage you during this fast, read that psalm to yourself out loud, verbally, over your household, over your circumstances, make that declaration as we stand together. So would you join tomorrow in a fast? Ask the Lord what that would look like for you. And uh, we're just gonna pray and believe God is gonna break through for all of that. Well, I wanna thank all of you for praying for us. Um, There was a number of people that have come down with this mess and I know that there's been a real battle but when you're at a place where, I think it was 11 days of fever, weakness, my wife is still uh, getting her strength back, but there was this place at one point where you're not sure you can breathe. And it's scary when you feel like the weight of that on your chest and it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden somebody would put a prayer out and there was some powerful prayers like, whoa, life to my bones, healing to my bones. And then I do the uh, Addie Bonson, you know, Miss Addie's listening on live stream probably, but uh, Miss Addie said, Pastor, and she dropped off the lemons, slice these lemons, put some salt in this, get a pot on the stove, boil this thing up, and put your head in the pot. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you what, that works. Praise the living God. And so um, there's others, there's some other remedies out there, nebulizers with peroxide, and there's just things that just, the other thing that I want to encourage you, all three of us got on uh, ivermectin, and uh, I'm just telling you, it works. So sometimes it's hard to get it, difficult to get, uh, but I would prepare. Uh, not that, we just need to be prepared for what, uh, thank you, yeah, thank you for praying, amen. Praise God. <laughs> so as I was uh, preparing and just saying, Lord, what do you want to do for this year? 
When I, the first day back to my office, there was a book. Remember Daniel Newton was here with Abner Suarez, and he came with a team of five, and we did the uh, outpouring conference. And he just wrote a book called The Lost Art of Perseverance. So again, this is about the fourth confirmation on persevering in prayer. And so I would just encourage you to persevere, stand in that gap. Um, the other thing that I'll probably cover uh, in a few weeks anyway, there was a teaching done by um, CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, and it lists the dozen prophetic signs that says we're living on the edge of eternity. And if you look at Brian Moore's drawing this morning about the candle is almost completely burned down. I'll just list these and we'll, we'll cover more of these in a couple of weeks about the prophetic signs. But the rebirth of Israel, there's no question that that took place, Daniel 9 and 27. The third temple preparations, the last trip we made to Israel, we saw all the prophetic blueprints and all of the drawings and actually the materials for the third temple. They've got it all. And so that has never happened in the last 10 years. Vaccines and mandates and passports. Worldwide obsession with the COVID vaccines. The Great Reset, the Build Back Better. It's all part of the new world government. The Prince Charles' speech at, at COP26, this whole climate stuff. Inflation, deception, lawlessness that's running wild. That's out of Matthew. Paul told us that also in Timothy. The rise of the one world religion. Abu Dhabi's, they're gonna open up. The Pope and the head hammams have gotten together. They're gonna open up a one world religion center. And so that's gonna happen, I think, within a month. Um, all the mocking that's going on that happens against Christ. The Gog-Magog war, which we've talked about in the past, which is set with Syria and Russia and Turkey sitting on the verge, all the airstrikes that are happening, you don't read any or hear anything about this. It's only my rabbi connections that tell me what's going on in Israel right now. And so it's a time to look up all of these signs that are here. Um, if you just look, the Lord will show you. And so we'll, we're gonna dive into some of those in great, greater detail in a few weeks, I believe, just to have us in a place of preparation, not out of fear, but just out of awareness. And so I'd also encourage you, you can share with other people. It says, when Bible prophecy continues to reveal all these things, it ought to tell you the word's true. All right, well, wow, we're running out of time here. Praise the living God. When, uh, when you hear the word perseverance, relentless, unmoving, so I want us to... Um, Look at what Jesus said. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew 24. Just want to pull a couple of verses that will, again, confirm some of the anxiety and fear. Jesus said this both in Matthew 24. He told the disciples, this will be the sign of the end. Also in Luke 21, Dr. Luke's version of that, and then again in Mark chapter 13. Mark writes of that. In Matthew 24, let's look at verse 7 for a moment. King James says it this way, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in different places. These are all the beginnings of sorrows. They will deliver you up to be afflicted. That word has new meaning, being delivered up to be afflicted right now. There's a whole lot of distrust going on in the medical community. What do you believe? What does the government tell you? What? There's just this affliction that's going on across the globe. Lockdowns, what's going on in Australia? And 
what's happening in various places. New York, you can't even enter a restaurant without some kind of a passport. So there's just this, there's these afflictions. You will be killed and hated of all nations for my namesake. Many will be offended. Boy, just turn on the television, the separation, the division, the angst, the hatred. The, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I don't remember any of this to that degree uh, in recent years. People will be offended. They will betray one another. They'll hate one another. Many false prophets will rise. And because iniquity shall abound. Some of your translations said sin will be rampant everywhere. These are signs of what's taking place. The love of many will grow cold. This is where we as believers have really got to guard your heart. Um, uh, New Year's Eve night, Mountain Bird came up and said, I have a word for the body. We gotta guard our hearts. And I said, man, now I got my sermon. (laughs) Because I know I had already written this out last week. And so guarding your hearts, someone else said it this morning. There's something about the love of many as distrust and all of the angst and all of the evil, and you're watching what's happening through social media and reports, your heart can be so broken, so confused, so distrusting of what's taking place. We as believers gotta guard our hearts. Don't let the love grow cold. And so Jesus warned that that would be a sign of what we see. So why don't you turn with me to Philippians chapter four. This is a familiar scripture but I just want to put a whole lot more emphasis on it. I believe it's our time to really focus on this. I've titled the message this morning, if you have your hand out, we're gonna go there a bunch. Fix your thoughts. Think on these things. Fix your thoughts. Think on these things. Paul writes this in words of encouragement. Let's look at Philippians 4.4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Rejoice, some of the translations. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say rejoice. See, that's not based upon circumstances. It's based upon belief. Circumstance sets your, your happy factor, right? I'm happy. Why? Well, we got to promote, we got this. I'm happy. Well, that's usually circumstance driven. Joy has nothing to do. Actually, it's totally separate from circumstances. The joy of the Lord is my strength, even though I might not see something that makes me happy going on. I'm telling you what, when you're, you're there and you can, fi- have, you can hardly get out of the bed, and you just, Lord, I, I just, I need you right now. The joy of the Lord is the strength that we need at this point. So it's, it's not conditionality, it's a belief system. Always be full of joys. Rejoice. Let everyone who sees you be, see that you're considerate in all that you do. Wow. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Some of your translations say, be anxious for nothing or be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests or, or re- desires be made known to the Lord. New Living says it this way, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's already done. Now this will get you out of the complaint mode. This thing messed up the, Isra- the Israelis, right? When they're in the desert, they're seeing all these marvelous things. They got manna, so they got sweet donuts in the morning. They got dove cooking at night. It's like all these things are happening, right? And yet they're complaining. 
they should have focused on, and of course they didn't have the Holy Spirit, which we now have. So when, when you're in this place of you're getting into the pity potty, you're like, oh my gosh, everything's going so wrong, and why didn't God help me? Stop. Stop and fix your thoughts. Thank him. What have you ever done? Lord, I can find something I can be happy about right now or joyful about. I can. And you declare that, even though it's in your feelings. So many people are motivated. When I do prayer ministries, hundreds and hundreds of times, well, I don't feel like it. It has nothing to do with your feelings. I, I, I put that aside. I mean, it matters. But don't get wrapped up in your feelings. Get wrapped up in the truth of what he said. Once you fix your thoughts, so you start feeling anxious, don't be anxious, pray. What do you need? Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's already done. If you will do this, this is an amazing promise, and I can tell you it works. If you will do this, verse 7, you will experience peace which exceeds anything you can understand. Your brain can't comprehend why you're going to be happy right now or filled with the joy and the peace of God. It exceeds everything, and it's an experiential this is not some mental ascent. This is an experience. You will get it in your spirit, man. Your physical body will start to manifest an experience. Now, sometimes it's just like having all to do. I'm just going to stand. God, nothing's changed right now, but I'm praying and I'm believing. I'm declaring. I'm doing Isaiah 55, 11. The word of God cannot return void. This is what you said. You said pray. Don't give me any room. Keep praying. Keep praying. Don't relent. When you start, what does God do with it? He says, the Lord looks to and fro on the earth just looking for someone he can show himself strong in. Amen. He's looking for people that are going to stand in the midst of whatever circumstance and declare, he's God, I trust him, and I persevere. Amen. That's why he said in Revelation 3, that promises, I saw you, church at Philadelphia, your perseverance. I know you don't have much strength now, but I see your perseverance against these demonic factors and against all these things. As a result of that, I will keep you from the evil that's coming on the whole world to test them. Keep you from it. Come on, these are promises. We need to declare these things and say, God, I thank you. Fix your thoughts. Well, pastor, how do you fix your thoughts? Well, there's a scripture out of Proverbs. You see that in the, in the box there? Proverbs 4.22. Guard your heart above all else, for it will define the course of your life. Well, Pastor, what do you mean guard my... First of all, let's look at the definition. Look at number one there in your handout. The Hebrew is labab. The Greek is cardia. That's where we get cardiac from, right? This is a person's center. Your heart is your center, it both physically, emotionally, intellectually, moral activity, it's the center part. From that, you got your brain, you got your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, but your heart, that's why I said, man, you better protect this thing. This thing, this is why Jesus warned, when it gets really ugly out there, and you see rampant, rampant sin everywhere, when you see the love of many growing cold, you don't trust the government, you don't trust, it. there's all this fear and anxiety and everything, you better guard your heart. You better guard, you better watch out what you're watching, what you're thinking, what you're involved in, who you're ministering with, who you are involved with in social activities. Where are you engaged in? Are you in all these conspiracy theories and it's gonna just drag you into a deep hole? Why don't you get in the word? This is where he says, guard it, man. Guard your heart, it'll determine. There's so many statistics that I've been, stu I've got, I've been going wild, nerdy, sitting home all these, the neuroscience of the change the brain and how you reset, 72 amazing things the brain can focus, the neural basis of speech and language, the anatomy of the brain is like, good Lord, 
My wife said, what are you doing? I said, <laughs> anyway, studying, yeah. It's, it's, and I'm like, man, there's some really amazing things I learned about what God already knows. He told us in the scripture, science is finally catching up. I love it. Fix your thoughts. This place, it must be protected. Number two there, the inner reality determines outward development. You like it this way, Proverbs 23, seven says, for as a person thinks in their heart, so it is. If you believe you're a mess, rejected, you're always gonna fail, you believe it. Guess what, it'll probably manifest in your life. Apart from the grace of God. So this is where what you believe, that's why you gotta guard it, you gotta protect it. Science now, this is, this is incredible. I'm just gonna, oh well, whatever. First of all, yes, keep going, I know. Pastor Willie went till 12.30 last week. I said, Pastor Willie, man, so, all right, anyway. First of all, let's stop for a minute. We often forget how amazing we are. Just stop for a minute. When you think of right now, I am speaking to you, there is a sound wave going forward there's a little bone in your ear that's vibrating. It's translating to the gray matter that's in here made up of neurons in your brain, and that is being translated, my speech is being translated to your thoughts so you can engage with me to process, is that true, is that not, what is he talking? And that in itself is incredible. You think we're made in the image of God? Uh, There's a statistic, I'll share it in here in a minute. It says these 72 amazing facts about the human brain. Just listen to some of these. The study of the human brain is one of the least explored areas of science. In fact, it's only the last 15 years because of technology where they're now looking at, they, they inject dyes and they look at this, they're dissecting, and they're finding out, whoa. The brain, 72 amazing facts of the latest scientific evidence of what's happening. It's only 2% of the body weight and yet 20% of the energy and the oxygen in your body goes to your brain. It's uh, 73% is water. In fact, if you get dehydrated, your brain doesn't function well. Your brain weighs about three pounds. By the way, men's brains are a little bit bigger. I don't, they weigh, I'll just leave it there. You might say, well, they need it. (laughs) There's a reason God said he needs a helper. (laughs) Get this guy a helper. Hey, anyway. I'll just leave that. I'm just poor reporting a fact, okay? He said 25% of the body's cholesterol resides in the brain. Cholesterol is an, is an integral part of the brain. Without it, brain cells die. Interesting. Um, there are 86 billion brain cells, they estimate. 86 billion. Each neuron, which is, I have pictures of the brain stems and the neurons and the synapse. It's like, Good, God Almighty, that is, wow, right? Each neuron transmits 1,000 nerve impulses per second to make as many as 10,000 synaptic contacts with all the neurons. (laughs) A piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand contains 100,000 neurons and 1 billion synapses all communicating. Now, that doesn't blow your mind about who is this God? Oh, well, we evolved from mud. Are you real? Come on. Good God. There's a reason the brain has been called um, the random thought generator. There's an a- the average brain every day generates about 50,000 thoughts. 
That's good news. Let me give you bad news. Every minute that that's occurring, 75% of those thoughts are negative. That's why you got to fix your thoughts. You better take authority over this. You, can't, you don't. It's, all right, your brain can process an image. This is amazing. In 13 milliseconds, when you cite something, like when you walk to somebody on the street, and say, oh, well, that's Tracy. I've kept, in 13 milliseconds, your brain has already processed that. Like when you blink, it's already been processed. Recognition. Chronic stress and depression, anxiety, that's rampant in our modern day life can cause measurable brain shrinkage. That's why you better guard it. Modern diet, omega-3 essential fatty acids result in brain shrinkage because there isn't enough of it. Technology has forced most of the multitasking, but the brain can't learn and concentrate on two things at once. Single focus, but it can do, it can toggle, it can go back and forth with all this multitasking. Unexpectedly, this is a test they did, millennials 18 to 34 are more forgetful than baby boomers. That's interesting, yeah. They're more likely to forget what day it is and where they put their keys than their parents. Now we know this one for sure. Um, Teenagers, their brains are not developed. If you've had teenagers and raised them, I can attest to that. They, 25 is by the time your age, your, your brain is fully, fully developed. Low-fat diets, they can force your brain to eat itself. Your brain is the most fattiest organ in your body. Kind of question some of the fads and stuff, right? Relying on GPS destroys your brain's innate sense of direction. A skill that took our ancestors a lot of years in navigating can be lost in this process because it's called synaptic pruning. If you don't use your brain or you focus on the wrong stuff, you will develop processes in your brain that are both negative, destructive, forgetful. So that's why this is a whole lot more than we understand. Contrary to prevailing medical belief, having high cholesterol is not bad for your brain. In fact, it reduces the risk of dementia. Until recently, it was a fact that you're born with a certain level of intelligence. We've proven that not to be true. But it has since been discovered that your brain has the capacity to change your, in, over your lifetime, known as brain plasticity. The brain can continue to form new brain cells via a process known as neurogenesis. Renewing your mind, Romans 12. Oh, it's, if I sat down and put the scriptures next to these, the scientists are finally catching up to what God told us. When you drink, when you're drunk, your brain is incapable of informing memories. In turn, fact, it's not that you are killing brain cells. What you're doing is you're destroying the synapses, those who drink. In fact, you can do irreparable harm over long term. There are, the human brain is capable of a 1,016 processes per second, which makes it the most powerful computer that ever existed. In fact, the most advanced computers today, Japan's K computer, which is one of the most powerful computers in the world, was programmed to, to simulate brain activity. It took 40 minutes to crunch the data equivalent to one second of human brain activity. Wow. You, you don't think there's a God? Hello? 
I mean, we, yeah, we wake up, we know what we think. And it, come on, man. Romans chapter 1 declares that this revelation of humanity, or if you like, um, in Revelation, let me read the 120, it says, Though everything God made, the earth, the sky, and everything in it, clearly we see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. There's no excuse for not knowing God. And these, anyway, praise God. I, uh, there's so much more. The, the other thing that happens about the brain center and what you speak you know, we've hammered this for as many years as I can remember. That's why we're making these declarations over those that are sick, right? We, we find the scriptures, we make those declarations, we come into agreement because the, the word of God is active, it's alive. Hebrews 4.12, it's active, it's alive. It's a two-edged sword. It's able to cut between soul, spirit, and the, and the physical realms. And we know from 2 Timothy 3.16, the word of God is able to equip the man and woman of God for all good works, to tell us what's wrong, right? So we know power of the spoken word but it is more than that. And so we want to back this train up and get what's going on in here. So I want to get practical in our remaining time here. How do you fix your thoughts? What are some practical ways? And I've been trying this now for years. And it becomes more of a, a, a familiar way of doing battle warfare. And so I just want to share with some of those things. I share these at almost every one of my prayer ministries to give them tools to fight against spiritual warfare. And so let me try to put this in the remaining time the best I know how. Look at number four. Well, actually, let's look at the past part of number three. It says, we know that science, the neurosurgeons, that speech center of the brain controls all the nerves of your body. The speech centers of your brain control all the nerves in your body. So when you start speaking negative, I'm a loser, I'm never gonna do this, I'll never amount to anything, or I'm always gonna be rejected, or when you start speaking those things, what's really happening is what you're saying is what's in your heart. You believe that, because out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So pay attention to what you're saying. It'll, especially when you get pinched. Whoa. When you get pinched, oh, I don't know what's going on here. When you get in a place where, um, you're pressured. What's really in there will come out, right? Yeah. It's like so you can look all lovely and everything, everything's wonderful, and then you, you get pressured and boom, the real, the real thoughts of who you are, what you think comes out. So pay attention to what you're saying. It'll reveal what's in your heart, right? But I want to take it deeper because what you think will reveal what's trying to come in to your heart that you've got to guard. Now, most of the time, people get so condemned or guilted or ashamed because they said, why did I think that thought? I think I mentioned to my mother once, I said, Mom, sometimes my thoughts are like, this is when I was real little, Mom, my thoughts are really like not good. She goes, well, be careful. Someday all of that will be put on a screen. And I'm like, Mom, that would be terrible. But I want us to think about what you're thinking, where, where do thoughts come from? So let's, let's look at the handout here. It says, if you claim to be spiritual, number four, if you claim to be spiritual or religious, this is what uh, James says in 126, if you think you're a spiritual person, but you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. You claim to be religious, but don't control your, your 
it basically, it says your spirituality and your religion is worthless. Whoa, that's, that's a little harsh. The speaking mouth reveals what's in your heart, Luke 6, 43, because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So listen to what you're saying. But I want us to listen to what we're thinking. I want us to be aware or make perceptive awareness. Okay, let me give you the, what I'll call the, the way I do this thing, steps to fixing your thoughts. Number one, determine the source of your thought by asking the Holy Spirit. Okay, turn to the second page. You see, the, I want to show you a picture. I'm a picture guy. Hopefully this doesn't nerd you out, but let me just, there are four realms. I believe there are four realms or four origins of thought. And I'll show you this in scripture. We'll look at both the book of James and another scripture in, uh, in a minute here. So first of all, when you think about where does your thoughts originate from? We know that Satan is one of those, right? He's, he's a deceiver, he's a liar, he's a murderer. He's been a deceiver from the beginning. So he comes, we know in the physical realm, he came to Jesus and said, Are you the, if you're the son of God. So we know in that physical interchange with Jesus when he was led into the desert after his baptism, that the devil comes to him and tries to deceive him. He even twists the word of God, right? The third temptation was, he, he misquotes out of, of uh, Psalm 91. So why don't you throw yourself off the high peak here? Doesn't it say that the angels will take charge over you? You won't dash you? So he can use scripture, he can twist it, he can, so the devil is one of the sources. The world, who's the God of this world? Satan, Satan right? Paul tells in Corinthians. The other one is the heart. It says the heart is deceitfully wicked, who can know it? But we also know he's working in us, performing, right? In Philippians 1, 6, he who began the work in you is performing it till the day comes. So my heart used to be a lot messier, and it's getting better. Because why? I'm being washed by the word. I'm being, I'm being filled with more and more truth. I'm being more equipped. That, I couldn't bear it before, he says in John 14. But when the spirit of truth has come upon you, you'll be able to bear all things, right? So we know that the heart is in a transition mode. And so, but be careful. What's coming out of my heart? And so, and then the fourth one is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he is the spirit of truth. When, you, when you're told, you're awesome, you're a masterpiece, you can do this, all things through Christ. Who's that? That's the Holy Ghost. So when you stop and say, wait a minute, where did this thought originate from? I don't need to own it. I don't need to be guilted about it. I don't need to, don't, don't put yourself in that place where, why am I thinking this? Well, if you understand spiritual warfare and where the origin of thought comes from, you don't need to own that thing. You can cast that down. Let me give you some scriptures that help you with that. But you see in this picture, the Holy Spirit is our filter. You see where the thoughts are coming in? So you're going through your 50,000 thoughts for the day. 75% of them are negative and probably not built on truth. They're coming in, boom, boom, all, multiple times. And all of a sudden, stop, why? Pay attention, I can't process all 50,000, but what is that? Consistent sadness, despair, discouragement, depression, insecurity, fear of failure. Well, that thing seems to keep coming. Where's that coming from? Try to put some language to it and run it through the Holy Spirit filter. John 16, 13 and John 14, 26 says, Jesus says, that's that little, see the filter right there? That's my mechanical drawing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is your filter. 
You don't need to own that thought until it comes through the filter. The Holy Spirit says, Jesus says, it's good that I go away. Because when I go away, the Father, in one case he says it, and John 6 says, I will send. Send the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you in all truth. He is the Spirit of truth. He will remind you of everything that I have said. You can't bear all the truth now, but when he comes, he will lead you and guide you in truth. Okay, you got that? So the filter, the Holy Spirit, that's why you can say, Lord, I don't understand this one. Well, why don't you do what James 1.5 says? If you lack wisdom, ask God. You have the mind of Christ. Activate it. So, Lord, I don't know what this is right now, but right now I'm just like sad and depressed, and why am I thinking these thoughts? And I'm, where's the origin? What are you thinking? Okay, turn back to the first page. So here we are. Determine the source of the thoughts. James 1.5, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where's this coming from? What is that thought? Try the spirits to know whether they're of God, 1 John 4. So you're supposed to try these spirits out. What is that? That means test it. What spirit is, not all spirits are of God. We know that there's an antichrist spirit. We're gonna turn here in a minute. Determined to try, what is this? Well, let's turn there now. Let's go to John, 1 John 4. John the Revelator. Now, he's really old when he writes this. He had learned a whole bunch by that time. He's the only surviving apostle at this moment. All the others have been martyred. And he tells us in John 4.1, 1 John 4.1, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if that Spirit comes from God. King James says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they're of God. Because a lot of false prophets have come in. And then it goes and gives you a condition. If they don't claim that Christ really came, you can tell right away that that's not of God. Then he lists four conditions, what I believe are origins. He says this. Look at verse 3. If someone claims to be a prophet a person that's not, but not from God, such a person has the spirit of Antichrist. That's the satanic spirit. It's an Antichrist spirit, which you have heard is coming in the world and is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children, and you've already won the victory over those people because the spirit lives in you. That's the Holy Spirit. So we got Antichrist spirit, Holy Spirit. These people belong to the world. Here's the world spirit. They speak from the world's viewpoint. Right? What does the world tell you? Feels good, do it. Right? You want to live with your boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh yeah, go ahead and do it. You know, that's the world. It's under the satanic rule of Satan is the god of this world. But the world will tell you. Turn on the television; it'll tell you a whole bunch of stuff that we know is not biblical and not true for the biblical worldview. So we see this that they speak from a worldly point of view. Those people belong to the world. They speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and we know. God listens to us. That's why the last verse there, verse six, it says, the spirit of truth we know versus the spirit of deception. Now turn a few pages back to James, and James 1.14 talks about evil desires and where these things come from. James 1, let's look at verse 14 and 15. 
Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled. So what is he saying? He's saying that my heart, the intentions, you know, when you commit sin, you already thought it before you committed it. You had to think it through first. You had to be enticed and says, don't blame God. You know, God made me, oh, devil made me. No, no, you, you got some rotten desires like all of us. It's called the virus of sin, which was given to us by our great, 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 great grandparents, right, in the garden. So that's why Paul goes on in great detail in, in uh, Galatians chapter five. If you wanna walk in the spirit, it'll produce these kinds of things, right? Love, joy, all the fruit of the spirit. But if you walk in the flesh, if you give part to the flesh, it'll produce, and it lists everything, it says, and all other sin, and there isn't anything left in that sin thing. That's why it says at the end, it says, walk in the spirit, but you're never free. I really, this was a good scripture for me in Galatians 5. It says, Paul says, you're never free from the conflict of what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do and what the flesh is telling you to do, your evil desires. You're gonna battle that, that's why you gotta take up your cross daily and follow me. Amen. Crucify it daily. Come on, get the nails and the hammer out every morning and say, okay, Lord, we gotta walk this thing out today, you and me and the Holy Ghost, right? And so he lists the four origins right there. Satan, your heart, the world, and the Holy Spirit. So once you realize, where did the thought come from? Do an analysis, run it through the field. Holy Spirit, what's that thought? So if you have a familiar spirit or familiar thought that's coming up, sadness, despair, discouragement, rejection, bitterness, when that thing starts to become a pattern, you need to stop and say, whoa, time out. Holy Ghost, where is this coming from? What's the origin of this? And then once you find out, that's a demonic thought, right? Example, let me just give you a quick one. Sadness and discouragement. Well, maybe it's triggered by something someone said or a circumstance. The reason everything is going wrong, and then all of a sudden this thought comes in. The reason everything's going wrong in your life, well, you know, I wasn't always a good Christian. Man, the things I used to do, maybe God's mad at me. Maybe my past sins, maybe he'll never bless me like others. You hear the lie in this? That is not true. Believers are forgiven. Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Confess sin as far as east is from the west. He separates me from that. If I confess my sins, he's faithful to forgive me. So we see, wait, that thought does not line up with Scripture it's trying to condemn me and make me sad and look at all the negativity associated with this, but I know that that doesn't line up with scripture, so what do I do? Cast it out, run it through, the, in the name of Jesus, I speak it out loud. I, sometimes I get right up in the mirror, Tom, you need to listen up here for a minute. The spirit of God's got something for you to listen to. David did this, encouraged himself in the Lord. Look yourself right in the eyeball. Say, okay, now listen up, here's what the word of God, I'm getting electrified right now. This is what the word of God says right now. Tom, you need to listen up. You've been forgiven and blessed and that sadness and that despair, that has no place in you. Get rid of it and replace it with the joy of the Lord which is now your strength. By the time I leave the, the mirror, I'm like, yeah! Come on, you got it? Yeah, and so like, I walk out, I'm just telling you, this is, there's life and death in your tongue and you will have what you say. 
You need to sometimes tell, what did David say? Listen up, soul. You need to listen up. Your mind, your will, and your, you need to get on board here. Amen. Yeah, because the spirit of God is active, and it's alive, and it's in here. It lives in you. He's the spirit of truth that he wants to come out. So this is this battleground. So, all right, back to this first page. It says, so try the spirits. Figure out where it's coming from. What's the source? Number three, is it de- demonic, worldly, or Holy Spirit, or is it your heart? Then he says, take every thought captive. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 10. 10. 2 Corinthians 10, there you go, verse 3. And we'll start there. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. Okay, I had Corinthians in my Bible this morning. 2 Corinthians. Right after 1 Corinthians, there it is, praise God, hallelujah. Yeah, people know the word. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, Paul said, now the reason Paul knew this is because he went through this, Amen. right? Come on, you know there's a, can you imagine Paul and Silas? They're in prison, beaten to a pulp, and they start worshiping. Did they feel like it? I don't think so, but they knew something. Let's start worshiping God right now. We're tied up, we're in stocks, we're in the inner prison, we're beaten, bloodied, praise God from whom, and all of a sudden, earthquake happens, doors open, jailers get saved, right? What did he know? He knew something. Verse three, we're gonna look at 2 Corinthians 10, three. For we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That word in the Greek is a fortress. Your mind's got walls around it right now that need to come down. You've got familiar spirits that have operated throughout your life that you've been bombarded and what you believe may not be true. And what the Lord's saying is you need to capture what thoughts are here. The weapons that we fight with, you've got to cast down. Look at verse 5. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that is against this word of truth, you need to cast it down. Pull it down, because if it doesn't line up, it doesn't belong. And then it goes on and says, capture every thought and bring it into obedience to Christ. Let me read the New Living Version. Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10.3. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, and we knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, and we destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keep people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts. You got rebellious thoughts, I got them, they're coming in, probably thousands of them every day that are coming in. Now, Pastor, well, how do I decipher this? What do I do? Okay, glad you asked. Mature believers, number four. Mature believers, if I haven't run this one past you a number of times, I'm doing it again. A mature believer through training and skill have the skill set or the, the ability to discern good and evil. Turn with me to Hebrews 5.14. I use this every day. This is an everyday scripture for me. Hebrews 5.14. It starts out with this not a very encouraging Statement to the believers says you're a bunch of babies. You're still sucking on bottles. I wish you'd have a meat, but you know I can't. You, you should be teaching others. But I, I, man, it's like, be pastor. That's really exciting. Thank you for that encouragement. But then he gets to verse 14. Solid food is for those who are mature. You know you don't give babies steak, right? right. They'll choke on it. 
But mature believers who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. King James says it this way, strong meat belongs to them that are full age, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil, okay? They have by reason of use have trained themselves, it is a skill, it is a learned skill. Pay attention, I'm sad and depressed, I'm discouraged, I'm having suicidal thoughts, I don't, whatever that ugly thing is, I'm struggling with lust or perversion or anger or bitterness, I just wanna go give somebody a brick. Pay attention, where's this originating from? What's the source of that? Probably not God, right? Pay attention, ask the Holy Spirit, where's that coming from? Oh, that's demonic. That murdering spirit of hatred that you got against the government or somebody, man, you, you need to get rid of that thing. That's a murdering spirit of hatred, racism, judgments, criticism, bitterness, gossip. What are those? Those are all demonic places that are coming from things that are believed that are not true or not supposed to be true in our lives. So what do you do with that? Take that thought captive. I capture that thought. I pull it down. The mature believers have trained. So pay attention to your senses. I'm sad and depressed. Pay attention to the natural man. What is that? I'm sad and depressed right now. Holy Spirit, what's going on? When he reveals that to you, what do you do with that? Capture the rebellious thoughts, pull it down, replace it by reason of use. A mature believer knows how to fight this thing. And then we won't have our hearts filled with so much fear and anxiety and bitterness and the love of many growing cold. He's saying, that is not for my church. You will be known by your love. So when all the broken stuff that's going on, all of that, when they come, they find this place where people are, why are you all happy dancing and singing about the drug? Don't you know what's going on out there? Yeah. We're not of this world. We're citizens of another realm. Come on. And so it says, let's God change the way you think. Look at this, number five. Let the word of God change the way you think. Ephesians 5.26 says you're washed by the word. You're gonna, the more you read, the, that's why I get really discouraged when believers don't know the word. Man, you gotta get time in the word. I, look at how many hours you're using on your phone. Replace some of that phone time with word time, right? Or get on the word in your phone or something. But anyway, so when the, the word will wash you. That word will, you'll read and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That word, oh wow, God, I gotta make some adjustments here. It says, you'll be washed by the word. Read it, meditate on it, apply it. But what does Romans 12 say? Let's turn there. It's very familiar scripture again. Romans 12 says, letting God change the way you think. Romans 12, right? Don't be conformed to this world. In fact, Paul pleads with us. He says in verse one of Romans 12, one, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of what he's done for you. Let them be a living sacrifice. Then he goes on, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might be prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Let God change the way you think. So what's your stinking thinking? Right, what is it? It smells. You gotta get rid of that. You gotta do so, you gotta wash it in the word. And so meditate on it. All right, I'm gonna land this. You've been very patient, thank you. Number six. Memorize scripture that contradicts the lying thoughts. Man, this is, this is so important, I, I on my phone, but um, if you want, it's amazing thing about these cell phones, right? I'm gonna, you have access 
to a whole bunch of stuff. Hey Siri, what are the scriptures that overcome rejection? Do it again, Siri. Hey, Siri, what are the scriptures that overcome rejection? Okay, I found this on the web. For what are the scriptures that overcome rejection? Check it out. Six Bible verses to help you overcome rejection. What does the Bible say about overcoming rejection? Bring Bible verses that re- come against this to comfort and learn from. You have access. You, you know, I don't have a concordance. I gotta... If you got a smartphone, just... Go ahead and ask Siri to help you out. She doesn't know the Bible, but she can get you for it. <laughs> and, right? and so what do you do? I'm feeling rejected right now. People are rejecting me. I feel sad that people, well, what is that? That's a spirit of rejection. Well, counter that. So what does the scripture say about you're dearly loved? You can do all things through Christ who send. You start reading it. Just pick it out. It's amazing. People used to watch me in the car, and I'd be talking to myself. That guy's got friends in the car. <laughs> I love these things because you can sit there and listen up. In the name of Jesus, this is what the word says, right? And I'll read, and this is what the scripture says about the, and I'll just like, man, all of a sudden the atmosphere shifts. I'm just telling you how, look, we're entering into a season where we've got to be different than the world. The world is heading off a cliff, and this thing is not going to get better. I'm, I'm sorry. There's going to be good blessings, and we're going to see the difference between those who belong to Christ and who do not. But we're in a fight, and this thing we know is going to get, so what's the difference? The difference is going to be the believers who know how to fight this thing, who are not going to get so discouraged. Again, this preach is real nice, but it's a fight. When you, a couple weeks ago, when I'm like in my 11th day of fever, and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything left. Lord, help me. When all you can do is stand, and then bombard it. I had more chicken soup delivered to my house than Purdue's got chickens. Good Lord. I, I, that's probably why I got healed. I, no, I, but anyway, thank you all. But it's like, woo! People call. What do you need? It's the refrigerator. No more chicken soup. So, but when you need someone to stand with you, that's why you got to be with the brethren, man. This thing about Hebrews four to ten twenty five says, "Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together." I'm I'm really sad for those that have no body to be in. You got to be in a body. You got to get you got to get brothers and sisters praying with you. You can't fight this thing alone. I'm just telling you. All right, let's stand and we'll whew, praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you for your amazing witness to tell us how to fight. You gave us all these scriptures so that you would tell us. You had people experience it like Paul and the others, James and John. They knew something. And so, Lord, I thank you that the word is able to equip us to be able to stand in these days. You got us alive for a reason, not some circumstance. We're, we're here for such a time as this. So, Lord, I pray right now that we would, as a body of believers, those listening by live stream, they would be able to grasp hold of these tools in the warfare box, that we would be able to fight. And the next time, Lord, I know you'll, you'll give us opportunity every day to be a people that are separate from the world. We're, we live above the conditionality of the world. We're going to be known by our love. We're going to be known by our joy. We're going to be known by our peace that passes human understanding. So help us not to be anxious. Help us, Lord, to walk this out. I want to invite the ministry team, if you'll come. Don't forget, tomorrow night, Kingdom Men, Kingdom Women. Wednesday night, I really would encourage you, come for this identity. I think if you'll invest the 12 weeks with Leif, this is going to be an amazing time of equipping us, and who are we, and where are we going? 
Continue to pray for Bill and uh, Bill uh, Trogdon and, and, and uh, Neil Blake and others. So we stand in the gap for them, Lord. We thank you. Don't forget the fast tomorrow. Starting the fast tomorrow at noon. Praise God. God bless y'all.